Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It is such an honor to be able to be doing this podcast for 120 episodes as of the recording of this episode here today. So thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm so grateful for this opportunity that the Lord has given me to be able to be a part of your life. Whether you've been a part of this podcast for a while or you are new here, no matter what has brought you here, I'm a firm believer that it's not by accident that we are able to talk here and now together. And so no matter what you are going through, no matter if you're going through the best of times or the worst of times or anywhere in between, you are welcome here. Real quick, I'll go over what Color and Chaos is in case this is maybe your first time being a part of this. Color and Chaos is just a cry from my heart that I can recognize a tendency within me and within us as people that whenever we go through chaotic situations, hardships, difficulties, challenges, then our first knee-jerk reaction is to minimize or downplay the discomfort or the hardship that we are going through. We'll do anything to try to numb ourselves or run away from that uncomfortability. The heartbeat of this podcast is that we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that can use the chaos to grow us the most, not only as people, but also grow us the most in understanding our creator, savior, and sustainer. And that when we face the chaos, not through our own strength, our own ability, but we lean into the only one that makes us whole, then we can find a color that we never could have imagined if we would have done this on our own. So no matter what brings you here today, I am so excited that you are here. One of the biggest honors I get to have on this podcast is that I get to pray for you. I get to pray with you that we together have this time to be able to lean into whatever we have going on and say, Lord, help us grow more in knowing who you are and also knowing who we are. So here, let's pray and then we'll jump into today's episode. All right. Lord God, just thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for 120 episodes of your grace and your kindness towards me. Lord, you know how insecure I can get when it comes to speaking publicly or just putting myself out there or being vulnerable. But Lord, I have seen you do amazing things through vulnerability. I've seen you do amazing things through weakness. God, I've seen your kindness in just crazy ways within my life and within others' life. So Lord, we just want to respond to you here today. God, we do not want to have walls built up towards our heart and yours. God, I pray for those that are listening or watching this right now that have been hurt or have been just victimized in in some type of way, and maybe they have built up a wall, not only towards others, but God, I just pray that if there's somebody listening or watching this that has walls built up or calluses built up towards you, Lord, will you please just soften our hearts so that we can respond to you. No matter what has been done, Lord, you are present and you know exactly what we are going through and you care about each and everything we go through. You have a plan and purpose for our life that goes far beyond anything this world can offer or anything this world can take away from us. So Lord, help us respond to you today. Help us reflect on what you are doing and also what you have done. God, you are faithful. So help us respond to your faithfulness here today. We need you and it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a big journaler. And recently I found myself reading back over journals from 2014 and 2015. As I was reading the journal entries, I saw this common thread kind of weaving everything together of something that the Lord was doing during that time. And before I get to that thread that I saw kind of in all of those different entries, I wanted to read a verse from Romans chapter 2, verse 4. 
And this is what it says in the NLT. It says this. This is Paul speaking to the Roman church. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? I want to read that again. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean anything to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? This verse in Romans chapter 2 verse 4 stands out to me because of the different things that I was going through during those times. Specifically, I was reading about a time during summer 2014 that I went to the Dominican Republic on a missions trip with one of the local churches that I was serving at. One thing that was very evident within my journals during that time was that I was madly in love. I was completely overwhelmed by the woman that I was in a relationship with. And even as I was heading down to the Dominican Republic, there was things that I was talking about the Dominican Republic. I was also talking a lot about the woman that I was dating. And God, I want to know what your will is for us. And God, help make it clear, you know, use this trip to help me know what you want me to do back home. Even though I didn't write a lot about what was happening in Dominican Republic, I know that the Lord was doing a lot in my heart and in my mind as I was there. But there's something that I wrote down in my journal that stood out to me, and this was written June 16th, 2014. I said this, Lord, I need you and only you. I want you and pray that you do anything you need to do to make me a better man. And thank you for all that you are doing and have done now. It's interesting because this little just moment of just vulnerability with the Lord and just a prayer saying, God, whatever you have to do to make me into the man that you want me to be, help me get there. Help me be that. It was so interesting because in the midst of everything around what I just cried out to the Lord in that little snippet that I shared with you, I was talking about so many different things. I was, you know, again, I was madly in love with this woman that I was, I was dating at that time. And I was just just crying out to God saying, God, God, I, I, I want to go back home and marry her. You know, I want I have all these plans and and I was just writing about it. But if you would have asked me what my plans were in those next couple of years, I didn't know. But all I knew is that I wanted to go home, get engaged with this woman that I've been dating and just to be out there, put myself out there for the Lord. Yet in the midst of all of my plans, I just cried out to the Lord a little honest prayer of saying, God, whatever you have to do to make me a better man, please, Lord, do it. So going back home to the United States, I just had this burden that, okay, I need to propose to this woman that I've been dating. And again, we've been dating for like a year and a half now. We've already been talking about marriage. This is something that we clearly both want. And so here, let's just make it happen. And I remember talking to her about marriage and talking to her about engagement. And at this time, again, we were dating for like a year and a half and we clearly loved one another. I remember talking to my parents. I remember even talking to her parents. And I was just so sure that this is something that needed to happen. So I took the money that I had saved up. I bought a ring. It was going to be July 4th, 2014, that I was going to have my family come down. I was going to have all of our friends around. And there was this festival in her hometown that was kind of a a festival that was really important to her growing up. 
And I figured like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity. This would be a great moment to propose to her and something that's sentimental on a day that she, you know, wouldn't be expecting, but also a day that would mean something. I remember we were at a uh, Bible study group together during this time. And of course, the people in our Bible study knew me and her, and they were completely on board with it. They were like, this is awesome. Like, we love you and her and, and everything. So they were helping out. I remember one of them was going to be filming Uh, Another person was going to kind of set up the scenario. Everything was working out. But as the time started getting closer to July 4th, I started to feel a lot of just kind of pushback from the whole idea of getting engaged. Uh, It kind of first started with what I felt like uh, her parents. Her parents were just kind of like, oh, we don't know about this. And then I remember her kind of feeling a little bit of that pushback and everything. But as all of the pushback started to come, I just dismissed it. I didn't really think much about it. If anything, I was just like, God, I feel like you're calling me to do this. And everything that I felt like was opposition, that's just the enemy. Lord, that is not you. God, you want us to have faith. You want us to, you know, have boldness and courage. But then on the flip side, as I just shared that there's also just a lot of opposition. So as the time started getting closer to July 4th and that opposition was growing and growing and growing, I got to the point where I was just like, oh my goodness, this is not looking good. I remember my dad, we were on the phone around that time and he was just like, son, are you sure about this? Because I'm about to book this hotel and there's, I can't get the money back if like you're not sure about this. And I remember even though in my head I knew all the opposition, I was just so just... I just had so much confidence that, okay, it was going to work out. So I remember telling my dad, like, dad, you know, go ahead and book the hotel. Like, everything is is still going to happen. We're still on the books. I remember talking to her and her just being like, Jonah, I don't think we should do this. And at that moment, I kind of had a just kind of like a fork in the road. Either I was still so sure that this was something that the Lord was wanting us to do or I was making something happen that should not happen and that I was forcing something to happen that was not the Lord's will. And I remember at that point, I was so confused. I was so overwhelmed with so many emotions. And I remember I was working at a job during that time. And I remember I had the morning shift uh, almost every day during that summer. I was just, just saving up money for marriage. I was also taking online classes in order to get done with college quicker. And I found myself in one of the darkest times of my life where I just was like going through the motions. And I remember during this very confusing and emotionally draining and exhausting season of my life as I was just at this fork in the road trying to discern, okay, God, what is my will? What is your will? There was a song that I I discovered around that time and it was by the artist Jason Gray. And the name of the song was Jesus, Excuse Me, I'm Yours. And I remember waking up each and every day to this song and just playing it on loop throughout almost the entire day. And there was this moment that I remember very specifically in this season where I went to work and again, I just felt so misunderstood. I felt so confused. I felt so embarrassed and I was just mentally exhausted. And I remember a time where I was taking out some trash and this was later on. This is about like noon during my shift that day. And I think I got off around five or six. I still had a lot of hours left of the shift and I was just exhausted. I was drained. I was crying out to God. I remember taking out trash, going outside, going to the big trash can and 
and there's kind of like a door that opened up and then you can go in and take out the trash. I remember just opening up the door with the trash in my hand, going to the trash can, closing the door behind me. And I remember just leaning up against this dirty trash can. And I remember just sobbing. I remember just feeling so overwhelmed and just exhausted. And I remember with this trash and my head up against trash, I was just saying, God, help me. Help me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do, but I need help. I need help. I remember just not even really knowing what to say. And the Lord, by his kindness, he led me through that season. He gave me wisdom enough to know that I couldn't force something to happen if he wasn't giving a piece about it. And I, I caught it off and everything. And it was embarrassing. It was completely embarrassing. I felt so demoralized. I felt so confused. I felt just like, like junk. I remember July 4th rolled around my parents coming down and of course they were really kind about it. They were like, Jonah, no, no, no. We rather you, you know, not try to force something to happen. If the Lord is kind of telling you to, to just slow, slow and pump the brakes a little bit. And uh, there, of course there was appreciation from her and her family and everything. But again, I just felt so confused. I was just like, God, what is it that you want to show me? What is it you want to show me? There are moments in our life where we get ahead of what God has planned and what God desires from us. And we get so convinced that what we have planned is what needs to happen. And there are times where we get ourselves into a pit because we thought that something should happen the way that it should happen, but it doesn't happen the way that we thought it would happen. And now we're crying out to God saying, God, where are you? What is going on? And we're exhausted. We're depressed. We're anxious. We're overwhelmed. And in those times, in those times, one word stands out to me of where the Lord is during those times in our life. And that word that stands out to me is kindness, kindness. As I was reading back over those journal entries of just that, that crazy time in my life, I saw the error of my thinking and the error of my ways clearly. You know, I'm, I, I don't know, like six, seven years removed from that moment. But, and, and, and from that, there's a kind of a 2020 just soberness of looking back and saying like, oh God, I didn't, I didn't see that the error of my thinking at that time. I didn't, I didn't see how I was trying to make something happen, you know, and, and try to put your stamp of approval on it when you never did. You know, I can clearly see that seven years removed, but sometimes when we're in the moment, we don't see it. But through it all, I can see how the Lord is still, even in those moments, he was so, 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 so kind to me, even when I wasn't necessarily seeing the Lord's kindness. If anything, again, I felt overwhelmed. I felt misunderstood. I felt embarrassed. I felt exhausted. But still, the kindness of the Lord still remained. The kindness of the Lord still remains, even when we feel as if we are just at a loss for words. Recently, I had a dream, and I feel like it goes with this whole idea of just being so overwhelmed by our own thoughts, our own emotions, our own plans, that we can sometimes miss the Lord's presence and miss the Lord's kindness and leading us to whatever He has planned for us. In my dream, I was getting on a plane. I don't remember where I was going. I don't remember really much about any of the context of why I was flying. But what I do remember is that as I was there getting onto the plane— I was just kind of lost in my head. I just had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of anxieties, a lot of different things I was thinking about. I think I was going somewhere, so I was thinking about the things that I had to do with where I was going, and I found myself on the plane, and everything was just kind of a blur from the point that I got onto the plane, 
and from the po- point that we were about to take off. And as the plane started to ascend, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, wow, you know, I skipped everything of leading us to this moment. But what kind of got me out of my head wasn't necessarily that we were ascending. What got me out of my head is when, as we were ascending, the plane starts to take a kind of a sharp turn to the right. And at first I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's not really normal. That's not good. But then I found myself, wait a minute no, this is not good. Like we're about to go down. And everybody around me pretty much at the same time started to realize that as well. And all of a sudden I hear just almost everybody just yell, oh God, no. And they're just crying out. They're using the name of the Lord. And some of them are using it as, as a prayer, like talking to God. And some of them is using it as a curse. And, and you know, there's just people just crying and telling each other that they love them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm about to die in this plane. And I remember in that moment, what stood out to me was that in that moment, I was not thinking about about all the different things on my mind previously. But in that moment, I was just thinking about the Lord. It's interesting in moments of panic and the moments of chaos where we can sometimes have the most sober of mind because we need the Lord. It's, it's at that do or die moment where we're just saying, God, I, I can't do this. I need you. And in that moment, I just, I can't forget just that feeling of, okay, God, like it's just me and you. Everything else became strangely dim, but I was just focused on the Lord at that moment because that's all that I had. I didn't have anything else. It would have been pointless and foolish to think about other things because I, I was at the moment of the, the end of my life. At that moment, I was thinking about completely different things than what I was thinking about when I felt like I had so much time left. And as the plane started to descend and I was just bracing for impact I just remember from the corner of my eye seeing the wing just barely scrape the bottom. It went down and then it started to ascend again. And there was a sigh of relief of literally like, oh God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You easily could have allowed me to crash and burn, but God, you preserved this plane in order for me to not crash and burn, for us not to crash and burn. And I think so much about this passage that we read. Romans 2, 4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And in the moments that I was so just hell-bent on my plans and my desires, at the moment, I didn't feel like God was being kind. If anything, I felt like God was being harsh with me. God, I thought this was you telling me to do something and I'm trying to do it, but I feel like I'm just in a worse position because I put myself out there. But God, you know, where are you? But looking back, I see how the Lord was trying to teach me his voice. He was trying to teach me how to discern his voice and my will. And also he was teaching me the art of surrender. He was teaching me how that there is a peace and a freedom whenever I lay down my plans and instead I accept the unknown. I try to stop, try to fit a a square peg into a round hole and instead I surrender up to say, God, you know what you are doing and you care about where you are taking us. You care about where you are taking me. And likewise, heavy heart, no matter where today brings you, Our God cares about where he is bringing you. He has a plan and purpose for your life, just like he has a plan and purpose for my life that goes far beyond anything that we can imagine. 
I'm so grateful that the Lord was kind to me in the year of 2014 during that summer where my heart was broken and I was leaning up against trash. I was so grateful that the Lord shown me lessons in order to help me be more of the man that he's created me to be and to learn the things that sometimes we can't learn unless there's pain and uncomfortability. At the time, I felt so abandoned. But I can now see that it was the kindness of God that allowed that time of my life. I can see how the Lord was trying to teach me and grow me in ways that I could have never taught myself and somebody else could have never taught me. And it grow me in ways that I could have never imagined that I needed to be grown. But looking back, clearly, I can see, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that I'm not the man that I was then, now. And likewise, no matter what we go through, we have a God that is kind to use the chaos of our life in order to produce a color of growth and maturity and dependence upon him and him alone, because he knows that we were created for him and him alone. I wanted to share one more story as we wrap up today's episode. Recently, we celebrated one of the people at our church. And this woman is one of my dear friends. I actually had her on the podcast. Her name is Karen Blanchard. She's the wife of my pastor, just like a sister to me. And we were celebrating her birthday. So some of her friends and some of the people at the church got together and said, hey, let's put on a surprise party for Karen. So all of last week, we were planning the surprise party. And a part of the fun was her, again, not knowing about it and her being surprised. So all week, there was different things that had to happen in order for her to think that one thing was going to happen. But instead of that happening, what she thought was going to happen, she was going to be led to the place where the surprise party was. And it was very hard all week to prevent her from knowing about this surprise party. Long story short, she comes in and she's in complete awe of what was planned that she had no idea about. She thought one thing was going to happen, but instead something else happened and she was just in amazement. And for the rest of the night, of course, you know, it was a great night and it was just filled with just such a joy and appreciation. And later on in the night, after pretty much everybody went home, I was I was with her and I was with some of her other friends and and she was just asking all these questions to her friends of saying, okay, okay, you know, why did this happen? And why did you tell me this earlier in the week? And, oh, well, this is why I went to the restaurant. And, and I thought that was weird that I went to the restaurant at this time and, and all this other stuff. And it just started making sense to her. She was able to ask all the questions that she wanted to ask about, you know, how this all got set up and, and why certain things were told to her and certain things were not told to her. And it was all making sense. And we were just laughing about just how everything came together. And I couldn't help but think in that moment as she was just asking questions and everything was making sense that one day we will be able to be in the presence of our creator and everything will make sense we will realize that in everything that we went through, even the moments where we felt like the Lord wasn't with us or the Lord didn't care, we will realize that nothing took him by surprise and his kindness was present through each and every circumstance and situation we've been through in our life. When I was sitting against that trash can broken, I had no idea of the kindness of God and the plan that he had for my life and the plan he had to use that pain in order to bring a perspective and a wisdom to my heart in order to help me see things more clearly and hear him more accurately. I had no idea in that moment, but he did. He had something planned that went beyond anything that I could have planned on my own. 
And the kindness of God propels me to walk with him even when things don't make sense. It is the kindness of God that leads us to trust him even when things don't make sense. It is the kindness of God that leads me not to trust on my own understanding or my own resources or what I think is right or wrong or all of the different vices or different temptations that call out to me saying that I can ease your pain or numb your pain. But instead, the kindness of God leads me and leads us to follow and obey him no matter where he calls us to go, even when it doesn't make sense. My God was with me when it didn't make sense and he will be with me even when things don't make sense. And likewise, heavy heart, he is with you and he is so, so, so kind. And I promise you, he cares more than anything that you can ever imagine. But we have to trust him in the process If Karen would have kept fighting us as her friends and family, saying, wait a minute, this doesn't add up, and and I don't know why you're doing this when you could do this or that, she would have missed the surprise and the joy awaiting her from the party that was planned for her. Again, our God knows where he is taking us. He knows where he is taking us, and he knows where he is taking you. May we trust him in the process, even when it doesn't make sense. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended for you to turn from your sin? May not only we see the kindness of God in the season of life that we are in, but may the kindness of God lead us to a repentance and lead us towards a kindness towards others when maybe they don't have it all figured out or maybe when they are making mistakes like we make mistakes. May we have a heart of kindness knowing that God, you have a heart towards kindness to me regardless of whatever I've done or whatever I'm doing. We have a God that loves us and is patient with us through each and every season of our life. And he is faithful to use all of our mistakes and mishaps and have redemption be present through it all. May we have a heart of redemption and have a heart of forgiveness towards others as they have wronged us. And may we respond to them with the same kindness that God has given us. May we not just receive the kindness of God towards ourselves, but may we extend that kindness towards others, knowing that, Lord, you are so faithful and you do not give up on me even when I make a mistake. There's also another passage I want to read, and it's Proverbs 3, verse 5 to verse 6. This is what it says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In all of our ways, may we together acknowledge our God who has a plan and purpose that goes far beyond all of this. And we can rest knowing, God, you will make straight. You will lead us in the path that you desire for us to go. But God, help me not miss what you have planned for me because I'm so caught up in what I think should happen. May we realize that the path that we have laid out, we have no idea what lies ahead of that path. We may be putting a path that we trust in and put faith in, and if it's not the path of the Lord, it could lead right off a cliff. The word promises that when we lean on our own understanding, then it leads to destruction. It leads to heartbreak. It leads to confusion and chaos. But when we trust the Lord, even when those things come up, we can trust that, Lord, you will make this path make sense over time. And God, you have a plan and purpose 
in this path and chaos and hurt that I can never fathom. But one day I'll be able to just laugh and have a joy and a peace and security that comes from knowing that, God, you were kind and you were with me through it all. As we wrap up today's episode, I just felt led to play the same song that ministered so much to me during that season of my life in summer 2014. I wanted to play the song by Jason Gray, Jesus, Use Me, I'm Yours. What I appreciated about the song then and what I still appreciate about it now, why it's so special to me, is that Jason is not using all this profound language in order to try to move the heart of God as so common sometimes in worship songs. But instead, it's just an honest, transparent song saying, God, I don't know, but you do. God, will you please use me in the season of me not knowing? God, do not leave me. Please be present with me. Help me be able to do what it is that you want me to do and be what it is that you have created me to be from the dawn of time. And I love just the vulnerability of this song. And I pray that this ministers to you. Again, we may not know where we are going or what the Lord is doing, but we can trust that God, you know what you are doing and where you are taking us. May the song minister to you and may we remember that God, your kindness is present even when we feel so overwhelmed, misunderstood and exhausted. Heavy heart, you are not alone. May the cry of our heart through all seasons be, Jesus, please use me, I'm yours.
Desperate